Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Inflorescent by Friendly Fires. And this is number four of our countdown of our favourite albums of the year, as voted for by us. us. <laughs> Uh, and Friendly Fires, as with Mark Ronson last week, this isn't the first time we've spoken about them this year. No, way back in May, we celebrated the 8th anniversary of Parlour, which they released, uh, well, there's nine years between Parlour and Inflorescent. They certainly kept us waiting for it. And in an interim period, they've all gone off and done other things. I've worked with other people, uh, side projects galore. Um, and I believe they... Never fully intended to come back with a new album, but they did. And thank goodness they did. Thank goodness. Well. Just to say, sorry, eight. More like eight years. So just to correct myself there. I don't want the listeners tweeting in telling me I've got it wrong. Fury again at you. Again. Uh, and for the uninitiated, and if you haven't listened to our Friendly Fires episode, well, why not? Yeah. First of all. But second of all, they are a group from St Albans. You've got... Ed McFarlane, Jack Savage and Ed Gibson, uh, with Ed McFarlane being the uh, lead singer. And lead dancer. Of course, yeah. and you've you, uh, extolled the virtues of, of Ed's dancing in the episode we originally recorded. I should probably talk about his dancing less this time, more about his singing and his songwriting. Yes, because you were very gushing, weren't you? Mmm. So they uh, met at school uh, and then went on to record together as a group. And they had some time away from each other. Now, this was their big return. So the first track of which, which we will get on to talk about shortly, uh, did come sometime before the album. Yeah, over a year, wasn't it? Mm. And it has felt like... I've been very excited about this new album from since the release of that first track to know there was a new album coming. And it just didn't get here soon enough for me. I know. I remember seeing them at All Points East last year when they'd already released... Love Like Waves, that, that first track you were talking about. And it felt like, oh, any time now, kind of maybe they were going to do the festival circuit and then we'll get to hear about the new album. And yeah, it was over a year later. So in a way, track one of the album seems a bit tongue-in-cheek with that in mind. Should we get stuck in? Yes, yeah, so side one, track one. This is Can't Wait Forever. put it in track by track terms they really set their stall out for this album which which i think is an evolution from eight years ago yeah to a more modern dance sound but at the same time a kind of backwards looking dance sound as well yeah definitely has got it's not a, a million miles away from parlor it's got that mm. real kind of summer uh there's a bit of funk in there there's kind of a tropical sound in there as well which has kind of been with them throughout, I suppose, but it feels a little, yeah, it feels a little bit more polished, a bit more chrome almost. It is really, it is very sophisticated dance, indie dance music. I could imagine Sydney sitting in Cafe Del Mar in Ibiza, oh. listening to this whilst supping on a cocktail. Heaven, what cocktail? 
A long, uncomfortable screw up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had one of those before? Yeah, very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so on production duties for this one is Mark Ralph, who we talked about before in the Years and Years episode. And I went up to, what did we call it? Our road to Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get the branding right. Um, he also worked a lot on Clean Bandit's debut, which I want to talk about at some point. But what I really want to talk about at some point is Hot Chips in Our Heads album, which he uh, played a, a heavy hand in. Also, I noticed as well, he also worked with The Magician, who's a, who was a great artist that I know Ed also worked with during the hiatus. There's a brilliant track called I Just Don't Know What To Do, or I Don't Know What To Do. And if we're lucky, we might hear a little bit of that. But Mark Rolfs produced for The Magician as well. But Leeting Ed also worked with The Magician. I think, yeah, there's lots of different, lots of different artists, particularly sort of more dance-orientated artists than the band themselves, as a, as a fully functional band, I suppose, that they've collaborated with and they all kind of have a bit of a hand in this album, which is fantastic. So track two now, uh, which was also single two, Heaven Let Me In. So that was Heaven Let Me In, and just the sonic waves of that song wash over you, don't they? Sonic waves wash over you. Well, you've excelled yourself. Instead of a a book on just the names of sounds, we need a a book on phrases, and that is going to be in there. So Heaven Let Me In, for me, this almost sounds like its own remix of itself, if that makes any sense. I know what you mean, yeah. It's such a dancey number. And again, it's been a long time since Parlour and they've worked with so many other different, uh, more often than not, dance-orientated acts. But this this has definitely got a donk on it. And, and I think that's due to the inclusion of Disclosure on songwriting and production duties. That's Howard Lawrence, uh, Howard and Guy Lawrence, I should say. Uh, but also Alex Metric on production as well, uh, who needs an introduction. He's a fantastic DJ mm. producer. And Hal Ritson, who has uh, written and produced tracks for people including Dizzy Rascal, Sugar Babes, Black Eyed Peas, etc, etc. And just to go through, just because there is distance between the album and the singles, just to put a timeline to it. Mm. So Love Like Waves, track one, came out in April 2018. And then it was October 2018 before we got Heaven Let Me In. So another six months, it's mm. a long time. I actually did wonder if any of those songs would feature on the album. You know, there might have been those teaser, or as you'd like to say, buzz tracks. (laughs) But it's fantastic. It just keeps momentum going. It lifts it, in fact. it's. um, I love the energy that Friendly Fires have. It it feels like such a positive energy and vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And you just can't help but move when you listen to their music. Uh, Definitely. And just trying to emulate what Ed's doing on stage when he dances. Oh, I'm gushing about him already. But it really is, um, it just, 
it's infectious. If he stood there still and sung, the songs would still sound amazing, but he, his performance adds to to the whole thing. I saw you trying just now trying to emulate his movement. It looked like you were shaking out a bee that flowed into your shirt. <laughs> Track three now, uh, and this is Silhouettes there. Love I it. have to say, that's one of my favourite tracks on the album. Likewise. And I think it is one of the poppier moments. Certainly of the of the tracks we've had so far. And of course, leading up to the album, they talked about it might not sound like a, another Friendly Fires album. It might be more dance. But this does feel like a very poppy. And I'll say what does it for me. It's a combination of the, there's a really lovely bass groove throughout. In fact, right to the end of the song, the bass continues. And there's a lovely... Pium, pium. In there. And I always do a little double clap there yeah, as well. Love a double clap. Mm. So, on co writing duties in that one, James Ford of Simeon Mobile Disco, who's worked with Florence and the Machine. Oh, can I just say, I love Simeon Mobile Disco. Yeah, they're not on the long list, are they? Let's no. get them on there. Mm. Uh, also, kind of on the other side of things, done some work with Arctic Monkeys on some of their more grungier work, actually, but that I love equally. Uh, and also Nick Hodgson, ex-Kaiser Chiefs member. Previous last scene working with Mark Ronson. Yeah, it all comes together. Mm. So I, I often wondered, for, oh, for a time I did wonder if, because he left kind of at the height of that, or maybe just when they were taking a little bit of a dip, and I think, it, and he was the main songwriter, so I think it was thought that they might sort of flourish away. No, flourish is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was thought that they might flounder away. Is that a bad thing? Floundering is. Or is that isn't a fish good. from Little Mermaid? No, there, there is a fish called a flounder, but if you're floundering, then you're kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing or saying. Well, that then. But they've done some fantastic stuff since, haven't they? Mm. And they do very well. They sell out arenas. I don't know if they sell them out, but they certainly play them. <laughs> I think the top row of seats might be covered in black sheets. In the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Like little mix at the O2. <laughs> <laughs> Silhouettes then. So, yeah, lovely track. And I was going to say, is it their most poppiest track well, so far? So far on this album, definitely. Or so far ever. I don't know. But really? it starts with a... Ba, 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 da, and just that itself just makes it feel very accessible. Uh, and it was a single, wasn't it, Will? It was a single. Uh, it was uh, uh, released... Uh, it was the last single to be released on the album in June of this year. So, track number four now... I'll fly. No more waiting for I think the, the vibe on that track carries on from the Can't Wait Forever from track number one. 100% agree. And it's Mark Ralph again on co-writing and production. So should come as no surprise. It certainly feels like that 
bursts of brass, that sort of quite tropical dancing. Balearic. Balearic. We love that word, don't we? Balearia. Mm. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't I think I made Balearia up, but mm. the Balearic beat and vibe is that kind of more chilled out side of dance music. Yeah. It's definitely an album track. And as always, that's no bad thing. But I think if you heard this live in the set list, you just, you could not help but dance. So it's an album track, but it's probably a live favourite as well. As long as you danced uh, and kept yourself in check at the same time. You throw yourself into other people. Well, it sounds like you're hinting at something no, specific I just, there. I think it's just when you go to a gig and there's always people that just don't seem to give two hoots about what's going on around them. So uh, perhaps just to give a bit of clarity to <laughs> listeners, we saw Hot Ship a few weeks ago. The band were fantastic. Oh, great. Um, their, their track listing and what they did was amazing. And how they elongated the tracks, all amazing. But the crowd were just... Like, Feral. I used the word abhorrent in my tweet. <laughs> and uh, somebody responded to that, calling me a wet blanket, was it? Uh, embarrassing comment, they said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and get a life. Mm. Perhaps I should. But genuinely, I just think, if I go to a gig like that, I want to dance, I want to appreciate it, I want to have a drink. But not at the expense of ruining it for others. Mm. Do we sound? Do I sound like a wet blanket? Uh, well, it's your own <laughs> podcast, so if you can't vent yourself on your own podcast, then it's a real sorry state of affairs. And the worst part, actually, just to, before we put a final nail in this coffin, <laughs> people talking throughout a gig. Just it's, it, if you go to a gig, surely you've gone to listen to live music. That's the end of that. So, track number five now. Sleep talking. Will, have you ever been accused of sleep talking? Um, there was one time when I woke up screaming in the middle of the night for no particular reason, but not talking in my sleep, no. Oh. Screaming like Ned Flanders, I imagine, when he gets his purple drapes. <laughs> uh, I don't get the reference. <laughs> oh, very sad, very sad. Um, I love the lyrics in that. And the kind of sound is a bit more pared down in that, and it does feel like it's more about the lyrics. Yeah, when it starts, it's a much slower, more sparse start, isn't it? But I feel like on the chorus, those synths go up a level, and I think there's, all, there's a bit of a sort of computer game sound to the synths. Um, something a bit Mega Drive-y, maybe. Did you have a Mega Drive? I had a Mega Drive. Mm. GameCube? I had a GameCube. Did you? I didn't have a GameCube. Mm. Uh, Master System? I had a Master System. Because you had a lot. Uh, N64 was my favourite. Mm. Didn't have that one. I always wanted a SNES, because I used to love Mario. I still love Mario. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. It's never really gone away. Super Mario Maker is where it's all at now, where you can actually create your own Mario levels using all of the kit from various different iterations of Mario over the years. Oh. Maybe uh, Santa will get you a Switch for Christmas. Well, fingers crossed. Oh, that hint. <laughs> Tarhon. Um, Sleep Talking, wonderful song. Definitely an album track. Again, if it was played live, I would certainly want to shimmy to that. So on to track number six now, and something that the man in the Blockbuster store used to say to you, Will. <laughs> Kiss and rewind. Kiss and rewind. Kiss and 
There's a lovely fade out on that song. Love and lovely outro. Mm. And also, I love the harmony. I wouldn't necessarily normally say this on Friendly Fires, but I love the harmonies in the chorus on Kiss and Rewind. Yeah. Those lines. Um, they sound really good. Now, this song was co-written with Digital Farm Animals, which might make you think of the sound effects on the Girls Aloud track. Live in the country. Yes. But no, it's not. <laughs> Now, Digital Farm Animals, a.k.a. Nicholas Gale, has worked on tracks with lots of very different artists. So, people including... Julie Leeper, Little Leeper, Mix. Little Mix, Will I Am. Uh, also, Louis Tomlinson. Who I am not at all a fan of. Why not? I don't think he's got any talent whatsoever. Mm. I think he... It was all just being in the right place at the right time. And I don't think he can sing. And I think he's launched a solo career... Just off the back of being in One Direction. Wow. There's no talent there. Don't hold back. It's just how I feel. Yeah, well, it's better to be honest. But yeah, this song, it does start much, again, it's much more pared down. There's fewer collaborators and perhaps when it is Friendly Fires or mainly Friendly Fires himself on, on writing duties, I did say Digital Farm album included as well. Um, that's why. But I do particularly like that about two thirds of the way in, just the the synth effects go a bit crazy and a bit, there's a few swirls and there's something that I wasn't quite sure, was it electric guitar or was it some more synth? Um, so it gets more playful as it goes on and it does begin with the ba 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 das which uh, it's always fun. Track seven now, and this is Love Like Waves. So, Love Like Waves there, the first new Friendly Fires song released for almost seven years. Was the wait worth it? Uh, well, for me, absolutely. What about you? I love this when it came out way back in 2018. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It, it's still, it was very clearly Friendly Fires, wasn't it? Mm. It just kind of, I feel like you should ignore what I said before when I said that when it is mainly just three guys in the band writing that it's a bit more pared down because this is subtle but it's still kind of a shiny tropical uh synth led banger it's the most most faithful to their previous sound but at the same time very fresh obviously the steel drums are a particular highlight yes and it's catchier than the clap or the double clap that you was giving earlier on (laughs) to all comers (laughs) so i feel like i've been gushed enough about this one already I think we've made it clearer how we feel about that. So there hasn't been a there hasn't been a lack of love for that song, um, and hopefully not for this song, which is in itself is called "Lack of Love." Tracking. <laughs> That is something else, actually, isn't it, that song? That is something else, because it's a cover. 
Oh. Are you familiar with the original? Well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm acting here. I did know it was a cover, but the honest truth is I've never listened to the original. Let's, hit, let's listen to a little bit of it now. the original really no no but it's, I do I did enjoy it though it's great yeah definitely hadn't heard of it before but it's clearly differences have clearly put their own stamp on it I think on the original that bass is quite squelchy uh, I'd say it's more bubbling I think it's version. funkier as well the friendly fire yeah. version yeah definitely it's definitely got a funk to it and it's quite mechanical the, the synth work on that one is quite mechanical but it all the combination of the great vocals from Ed the bass the mechanics uh, of the synths it's a, a dance anthem. Charles B. and Adonis were the uh, people who did the original one. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a funky little number, isn't it? And you've got Mark, Ralph, uh, back on production duty for that one. Which uh, is a beautiful... Him and Friendly Fire together, it's a wonderful combination. On to number nine now. This is Cry Wolf. <laughs> fantastic time to talk about the fantastic artwork on the album and it is and i really really love this it's a very distorted image of what is it flowers some kind looks like um foxgloves or something similar mm. but it's a very kind of 90s style um image and cover right down to the uh font font watch uh, it almost looks like a, even if you don't have the vinyl, it almost looks like it's meant to be just a vinyl because of the very small strip at the top with the group name and the track listing on. And another one that I would love for Christmas, just to drop a, uh, a gentle hint there. To any listeners, fans and record companies that might be listening. The band themselves. At Move to Trash UK. But Dan, what do you think of the track? The track, um, I can see why this was your time to talk about the album artwork. It's... Um, it's a nice song. It's by no means my favourite. When I did see on the track listing Cry Wolf, I was hoping for a cover of the Aha song. But uh, alas, wasn't meant to be. It's just a little bit more pared down than a lot of the... So many great bangers on this album. Mm. They've got so much energy and fun in them. Not so much with this one. Uh, and do you remember the story of The Boy Who Cried Wolf? Well, yes. He did it so many times that when there was actually a wolf there, no one believed him and he got eaten. Brutally murdered and ripped apart. And consumed. Mm. And uh, lesson learned, hopefully. Let's move on. Track 10. <laughs> Track number 10 now. This is Almost Midnight. Thank you. 
really relentless, but you could imagine if you went to see Friendly Fires live and this came on in the kind of last quarter of the set, you'd just really let yourself go to this, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I've seen you let yourself go too many times now. Do you mean let myself go or let myself down? Bit of both. <laughs> it feels, again, like this is a track that's already... this appeared on the album already remixed. It's got lots of different um, loops in there. It's got lots of different... Uh, the, the beat is very fast and very heavy and very strong uh, and it feels a little bit more experimental as well it is and um i just wanted to take a moment as we reach the end of this album now nearly to talk about how it did mm. uh so this uh when released this got to number 15 in the uh, uk album charts so quite respectable yep. um and in terms of how it was received i think it's fair to say it got a mixed reception i mean do you think people released. were bitter that they'd been away for so long I don't know, maybe people were expecting more of the same. And I think sometimes that's a trap people fall into. Mm. When a lot of artists, and quite rightly, I think, want to do something different when they release the album, particularly if they're coming back after some time away. Mm. So, you know, we go from kind of two out of five in the reviews from like LME and The Independent to four out of five from The Guardian and Q and The Times. So very much divided uh, on the album personally I think 2 out of 5 is very harsh yeah there's one um, one review that sticks out to me from The Independent uh, which gave it 2 out of 5 that's, that uh, compares the band's work to uh, work of Take That Tears of Fears and Hot Chip which is quite a nice combination isn't it absolutely <laughs> lovely also um, in the same breath uh, likening it to outside era George Michael mm. again Great. Great. Yeah, lovely. Sign me up. Well yeah. done. Double portion. Thank you. Thank you. So we're on to the last track of the album now, and this is uh, Run the Wildflowers. was Run the Wildflowers, the album closer. Will, one of my favourite songs on the album. You were bopping away there to that oh, one. And, tr- and sort of um, doing air synth uh, as opposed to air guitar there. Um, it's the combination, it's the, that synth progression, there's a euphoric production there and it is James Ford back in production for this one. And you can tell it's James Ford from Simeon Mobile Disco because of the slight change in sound. Yeah, and that, that, that euphoria, that euphoria. Ed's vocals are great. Um, lyrically, I really like... Uh, lyrically? Lyrically, sorry. a bit late yeah. there. A bit delayed. Um, but just a brilliant way to close the album. An album. As we've said time and time again, an album is as good as the last song. If, you, if it peters out, you know, we'll remember that. And this does not peter out. Well, Peter's still in hibernation, actually. So yes. it's not coming out anytime soon. Do you actually think Peter might be Father Christmas? No, he's, not, he's nowhere near as organised um, as Father Christmas needs to be. So we've reached the end of the album now, but uh, as with last week, I think there are a couple of really great remixes for the Christmas party season that we'd love to highlight uh, that came off the back of this album. Yes, these will merge seamlessly into Slade and Wizard. Um, And Will, I'd love to invite you to choose your further listening first. So I'd love to choose a remix of Love Light Waves, uh, and this is the Alex Metric. 
So that's, I think Alex Metrics Remix is a lovely kind of 90s rave, even more so than what was already something that was very banging, banging itself. Yeah, love like rave, you could say. What a great way to, yeah. Sum it up. Yes. Uh, and interestingly, Alex did appear on, as a producer, on Heaven Let Me In, but not on this track on the album. But great remix. Friend of the band. Dan, what's your choice? So I'm going to go for a remix of Silhouettes, which was the fourth single released from the album. Uh, And this is the Paul Wolford remix. remix of silhouettes there what do you think piano love the piano yes when you said piano there it made me think of do you remember the eric pridge song piano oh no well let's not hear it let's not hear a bit of it but just remember it but interesting actually paul wolford is a dj and producer who did used to have a residency in space in ibiza and I remember that song being huge when I was in Ibiza back in t- 2008, actually, which is when he had a residency. So it's all coming together, for me at least. Not for anyone listening or not for you. And did you enjoy your time clubbing in Ibiza? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, in really the pub- did. Pubs and clubs? Yes. Mainly the pubs. Of San Antonio. The Irish pubs. Oh, no. Yeah. It was lovely. But that song, uh, a banger. And the piano, right at the beginning, the piano makes me think of... Giorgio Moroder's remix of Coldplay's Midnight, which I think I've showed you before, haven't mm, I? Yes. Really lovely, uh, euphoric, grandiose bump of a song. Um, and I think this has hints of that too. Both really great remixes that um, reinvigorate what are already two really great tracks. Mm-hmm. And great for your Christmas party playlists. Yes. You're welcome. So we're out of time for today. So that was our number four album of the year. It was uh, Influorescent by Friendly Fires. Uh, so do let us know what you think at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. Uh, and if you have a moment, it'd be lovely to uh, see your comments and ratings uh, over on Apple Podcasts. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to who might be our third favourite album of the year as voted for by us? So third in our top five albums of 2019 it is a British duo, British female duo, who began their career in the 80s uh, and had their first album in 10 years, so almost as long as Friendly Fires this year. Hello, girls. <laughs> Hello, ladies. <laughs> so join us. At... To say anything more would be to give it away, obviously. Have we given it away? Well, if you're a regular listener, then, then we have. Yes. If, you're, if you know our little uh, ways and... Uh... Niches. Yes. So, until next time, I've been Paul Walford. And I've been Alex Metric. Goodbye. Goodbye.